0: Okay, I think this has started. Um, so I'm just gonna start reading my book where I left off. Okay, enjoy my readings. (laughs) The steps of using a lecture presentation or a demonstration to present information are as follows. Analyze the content to be presented according to the needs of the learners. Chart the content from the most general to the most specific material to be presented. Break all skills into small segments to be presented in a logical order. Develop an advanced organizer for the lesson that will provide a reference point for the new material. Select the main points or steps to be presented and limit these to a reasonable number depending on the learners. Select examples to illustrate each main point and connect each point or step to the one preceding and to the advanced organizer. Ask questions to check for understanding and watch for signals from the class that indicate lack of attention. Summarize the main points and connect them to the next phase of the lesson. To prepare for preparations, the main points to be covered must be identified. This is important, as lecture presentations must be short and concise. Digressions will make it more difficult for students to engage and comprehend. Most adults can listen to a lecture for only about 20 minutes without becoming inattentive. Hmm. Children have an even shorter attention span. Many speakers adhere to a rule of no more than- I need a burp. Excuse me. Many speakers adhere to a rule of no more than five and no fewer than three points to be covered in a single lecture. I should take a note of that. you i can edit this apparently hopefully you can hear and there's not too much like ugly noise hmm this is a little hard can you hear my paper asmr maybe not let's see what did i want to take a note of it's interesting that it says that most adults can listen to a lecture for only about 20 minutes without, without becoming inattentive. I don't know why people or teachers don't take this into consideration. Where the heck was what I wanted to highlight? Man, I can't remember. Many speakers in here. Let's see. this I need to reread. Most adults can listen to a lecture for only about 20 minutes without becoming inattentive. Children have an even shorter attention span. Many speakers adhere to a rule of no more than five and no fewer than three points to be covered in a single lecture. For younger children, three points may be too many. Depending on the amount of material to be covered in the lesson and the background knowledge of the learner, several brief lectures over a period of days may be desirable. All right. Now that I read it, I didn't feel like highlighting anything interesting. All right. Next, in advance organizer. In advance organizer. I don't get that. Ew, excuse me. I had a burp again. An advance organizer can help with con- convey. In advance organizer can help with conveying the main points of the lesson concisely. Keep in mind the importance of selecting an idea that is more general than the new material and that can provide the learner with a context within which to relate the new learning. What? Keep in mind the importance of selecting an idea that is more general than the new material. Keep in mind the I'm not understanding anything. Keep in mind the importance of selecting an idea that is more general than the new material. And that can provide the learner with a context within which to relate the new learning. Okay, okay. Hattie's metaphor for an advanced organizer is a coat hanger, something on which we can hang our new learning. For instance, a lecture on baking a cake might begin with an advanced organizer, tracing the development of cakes from simple patties prepared by native tribes to the complex confections available in modern bakeries. What the heck? Use examples to illustrate each important point. Of course! let me highlight that. Use examples to illustrate each important point. I feel like that's the best way for people to learn with examples. Examples serve as memory hooks for the listener. Sometimes speakers do not use visual aids. They rely on stories and anecdotes to illustrate their main points. Side note, I really feel like that's very helpful. I feel like I love listening to examples like when people have personal stories to share. Okay, The same technique is effective in the classroom in helping the students remember main points. (laughs) Anecdotes remain in memory and assist in the recall of the points made in the lecture. In the classroom, the teacher can also use many audio or visual materials to illustrate the points made in the lecture. Repetition, let's highlight that. Repetition. I hope my mic isn't getting like a bunch of noise. Repetition can be used to reinforce mean points. Repeat all the points previously made when each new point is made and ask questions to monitor interest and understanding. Of course, at the end, should I highlight that? Ask questions to monitor interest and understanding. I need a burp! At the end of the lecture presentation, Summarize the main points and conclude with a reference to the advanced organizer. This helps to wrap up the presentations for students. Of course. At the end of the lecture, let's highlight that. Summarize the main points. I hope this isn't too boring for you. I'm sorry. If the lesson is to include a demonstration, prepare the materials to be exhibited and learned in small segments. Let's highlight that i think this is low-key helping me understand and like just talking to myself but it's not because i'm talking to myself i'm talking to myself but like i know you're gonna listen or maybe not (laughs) check for understanding at the end of each segment i'll highlight that too on the most difficult tasks of the expert what on the most difficult tasks of on the most difficult tasks of the expert is to anticipate the learning steps of the beginner, particularly one who may not have the same aptitude or enthusiasm for the skill that the teacher has. The content and skills of the lesson must be carefully considered not only as objectives are written for the lesson, but as the instructional moves are designed for the demonstration. Organize the material in a logical order. Let's highlight that. I think that's pretty obvious, but Visual and real examples work particularly well in the presentation stage of direct instruction. Let's highlight that. I'm highlighting because when you look through the textbook, you don't wanna read everything or skim. So if it's highlighted, it pops out. Too often, teachers depend on telling, despite the fact that pictures or a live demonstration can be more effective and can provide learners with a memory hook for new information. Imagine a lesson on baking a cake without a demonstration phase. Mm, when they put it that way, makes a lot of sense. Many teachers forget that one picture, activity, experiment, or demonstration oof, Can you, Mickey?—can be worth a thousand words. That's true. Step four: Guide practice, assess performance, and provide corrective feedback. Once the teacher has modeled the knowledge and skills, the I do phase of the lesson. There is a gradual release of responsibility from the teacher to the student. Students will practice the knowledge and skills that were modeled, though we do part of the process. Practice, both guided and, in, both guided and independent, is an essential part of direct instruction. Let's highlight that, which seems pretty obvious too, actually. I feel like a lot of this is logical. New material is presented in small steps with ample opportunity for practice following each step of the process. In the following examples, the teacher controls the process and monitors the practice practice of both the group and individuals within the group. The teacher provides direction and feedback, but but students are actively engaged in modeling the process. Here are some examples of guided practice. To tie our shoes, we start with holding a lace in each hand. Now take the lace on the model shoe in front of you and hold a lace in each hand. Good. The next step is to cross the lace in the right hand over the one in the left hand. Note, be sure to plan for children who are left-handed. That is actually a very interesting part of this example and something I wouldn't off the top of my head think about. Let us all practice putting the right lace over the left lace like this. Tommy, hold up your right hand. Good. Now cross the lace in that hand over the one in your left hand like this. Very good. To operate a tablet, we must first turn it on. Please locate the on-off button and push it on the on position. We have just seen a presentation on the four chambers of the heart. Let us review each of these four chambers as we fill in this diagram on the board together. Who can name one of the chambers? Jeez, I remember learning about that in LPN. That was not it. Teacher questions are an important part of guided practice and should be prepared before the lesson. I think I should highlight that. Well, just in case. I really hope the mic is catching my voice and not like toda la movedera que traigo. And I hope you're not bored and listening to me. Teachers frequently feel that the class will become bored. (laughs) Should I be asking you questions? Teachers frequently feel that the class will become bored if too many questions, never mind, are asked during instruction. However, never mind, in learning new material, repetition and review are essential. Oh, excuse me, I had a burp again. Guided practice, oof, was that too much movement for you? Guided practice questions are diagnostic. They're used, oh, I should highlight that. Guided practice questions are diagnostic. They are used to see where students are in relation to the lesson's objectives. As students take on more responsibility for learning during the lesson, teachers need to evaluate the accuracy and depth of understanding that students exhibit. When direct instruction is used to teach basic skills, questions should ask, what, I need to clear my throat. throat) I moved my mic away from my throat for you. Hopefully I didn't catch that. Where was I? As students take on more responsibility for learning during the lesson, teachers need to evaluate the accuracy and depth of understanding that students exhibit. When direct instruction is used to teach basic skills, questions should ask students to to recall specific information and demonstrate comprehension of the lesson's objectives. Okay. These questions are typically convergent, requiring a short one- or two-word answer. Wait time the timing teacher allows for a student to answer a question is also an essential component of the process. A wait of approximately three seconds seems to produce the best results. Interesting. Alright, let's highlight. Wait time is also an essential component of the process. It really is. This ties into what I'm learning in another class about Piaget's theory. And um, how in one of the stages that the children go through, like in order for that stage to be completed successfully, you need to encourage that they ask questions and you need to answer their questions. If you don't answer them and you kind of brush them off, they start to think that they don't matter and that their questions are stupid. So they start feeling guilty and they stop. Which is kind of sad because learning should be fun. And I guess that's also why like, kids don't like learning anymore. All right. A weight of approximately three seconds seems to produce the best results. Along with following up with students who do not respond individually. All right. To monitor participation during guided practice, the teacher can maintain a checklist of students responding to questions. So let's highlight that. I might need that in the future. I actually like this book, like it's pretty interesting. The same students answer most of the questions. Mm, I've always wondered this. The teacher should evaluate the questions asked and determine whether the rest of the class is comprehending the material, all right? Effective teachers set up situations in in which those who need further explanations or help can get it, of course. Let's highlight that in case I ever wanna forget. Is my mic picking up my highlighting ASMR? They ask students to repeat the direction or the information. Oh, yes. I do that all the time. They ask students to summarize for each other and share those summaries. It seems like I'm highlighting everything, but really. They call on students for additional examples and applications of information. Should I just make a little note here instead of highlighting everything? As students practice their new learning and teachers observe and diagnose problems, there are several instructional moves that can help keep students engaged in the guided practice. The mob suggests using cold calls, calling on students even when they have not raised their hands, oh no, I hated that, and call and response, in which the whole class answers a question. In both cases, there must be a positive climate in which both wrong and right answers are normal as we learn in school. For efficient and effective learning, students may have correct and adequate information about their performance. Okay, this, the feedback must be clear and related and be related to detailed objectives or targets. Feedback is value neutral and tells students what happened, the result of their actions and information about distance between their performance and the target goal. Good instruction allows students to self-assess by providing detailed feedback. Guided practice allows both teachers and students to see how close they are to the lesson's objectives. Let's underline that. Guided practice allows both teachers and students to see how close they are to the lesson's objectives. Oh, interesting. If the students have not learned the material, don't blame them and don't go on. Oh, snap. Let's highlight that in case I ever want to forget. You don't blame them and you don't go on. Which, like I said, seems logical, but... A swimming coach does not allow students... Ah, this is a good way to put it. A swimming coach does not allow students to drown if they are in the deep end of the pool and cannot tread water. Tread? Interesting. He or she goes back to a more basic step. The same approach is needed in learning any skill or new content. If students do not meet the instructional objectives, the teacher should evaluate and analyze the original presentation, determine the problem, and then find a way to reach the entire class. hmm The success rate for the learning of directly taught skills should be as close to 100% as possible. Students who understand the first presentation will benefit from any reteaching of course, particularly if the later presentation is different from the first. You know what, I'm gonna highlight that. That was a really good piece of information. It's true. Better yet is to have early learners help others by putting their understandings into their own words for others to follow. That's actually very true. The guided practice steps allows for reteaching. Providing feedback during guided practice is an important teacher behavior. A freaking course I always love getting feedback well specific feedback when the feedback is good we know that achievement is enhanced by asking students to work until accuracy is achieved to achieve success feedback must be timely specific to the task and detailed mm-hmm. a student teacher using the direct instruction model for the first time might hear the following feedback your presentation included an analogy that helped students make sense of the new material. You did not provide feedback to students during guided practice for you. The presentation did not have any audio or visual displays and continued for the most of the pe- for most of the period. There was little time for your students to practice the skill in either guided or independent practice. Oh yikes. Step 5 Assign independent practice, assess assess performance, and provide corrective feedback. Should I stop this here? How long have I been going? Wow, 18 minutes. Close to the time of concentration. I'll stop it here. Phew, I took a bathroom break. And I actually don't look at how many pages my chapters are because I feel like that's only going to discourage me and make me not want to read even more. Alright, here we go. Step 5. Assign independent practice, assess performance, and provide corrective feedback. Once students have had practice in performing the lesson's objectives and receiving feedback on their work, they take on even more responsibility for learning. Interesting. Let's highlight that. It really sounds like I highlight everything. they work on their new they work on the new knowledge and skill without the support of the teacher or peers this is the you do part of the lesson independent practice requires careful monitoring of students practicing a new skill on their own or in small groups before students are assigned independent work however sufficient time must be spent in guided practice to ensure that they are provided to work on their own of course Let's highlight that, too. (gasps) No! (laughs) I highlighted the wrong thing. I was going too fast. Hmm. It's okay, I'll just highlight the sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man. It's okay. Observations during guided practice will indicate when students are ready to move to independent practice. The teacher should circulate during independent practice, checking that no student is repeating a mistake or is actually practicing error. In addition, there should be some way for students to check the results as they proceed independently. Of course, Sometimes the answers in the back of the textbook are an excellent resource. Some teachers provide checkpoints or stations in the classroom where students can go periodically to check their work. Independent practice provides students the opportunity to process and rehearse the new information or skills that were presented in the earlier steps of the direct instruction model. The goal of this step is to help students own the new information or skill by moving from the guided practice phase where slow and deliberate efforts result in only a few errors to the automaticity of being able to work quickly and respond automatically without having to think through each of the process excuse me while i find what the heck automaticity is i have never heard this word before i've been learning new words there is this one the other time I read in my book idiosyncrasy I was like oh wow what is that automaticity like automatic the ability to perform a task by automatic processing okay independent of conscious control and attention now what did I read Um, for slow and deliberate effort results in only a few errors to the automaticity okay makes sense of being able to work quickly and respond automatically Alright, think about learning a new computer program or application for your cell phone. At first we are somewhat tentative as we learn the new procedures, but eventually our use becomes automatic and we spend more time thinking about why we are using the tool rather than how we are using the tool. Effective independent practice occurs when students are making only a few errors in the guided practice phase and before they get to the automaticity stage. Most independent practice uses a product, such as a worksheet, a writing task, or oral responses to questions. Should I highlight that? That's okay. Of course, there are many other ways for students to practice new information and skills that students find more engaging. Teacher, you know what? I might need, like, to pull this up at some point. Let's highlight it. Man, I need a burp again. Oh my goodness anchor just gave me a notification of my first um (coughs) episode it says you're live on spotify (laughs) of course there are many other ways for students to practice information and skills that students find more engaging teachers may embed the practice into a meaningful context motivating students to complete the work possible independent products include the following creative in solving problems or situations, designing a game, poster, or demonstration, writing a poem, story, book, or brochure, doing a role play or a puppet show, drawing a map, picture, cartoon, or diagram. These products can be assigned as classroom independence work in learning centers or as homework. In all cases, the task objectives must be congruent with those rehearsed in guided practice. The direct instruction model is designed to scaffold student learning by breaking knowledge and skills into small steps modeling and practicing. By following the steps of the model, you are scaffolding student learning. The evaluation of independent practice products in the direct model in the direct instruction model is discussed. All right, whatever. Step six, review periodically, offering corrective feedback if necessary periodic review of new and recently acquired material should be built into every instructional plan. Overlearning is essential to mastering a new skill, particularly when each skill is necessary to learning the next. Let's highlight that. Man, I keep on burping. Maybe I'm too full. While students are in the process of learning a new skill, review of skills learned previously is essential for automaticity. Homework can provide periodic review and should be checked before proceeding to new information and skills. If homework is worth assigning, it is worth checking. Oh my goodness, yes. It always bothered me when teachers would not freaking check homework or that stupid crap of like give it to your partner and have them check it. I don't think so. Yet many teachers neglect this important part of the review process. Thank you. If the students have not understood the assignment, do not go on to the next step. Reteach the material and analyze the reasons for failure to learn. If a weekly review indicates that a skill has not been retained, then reteaching is necessary. Students often forget skills and information during the summer, so it is particularly important to test for retention at the beginning of a new school year or semester. Although pacing guides may make reteaching more difficult to plan, reteaching will save you time in the long run by making certain that students have a foundation on which to learn new skills. That makes perfect sense. Teachers should demand a high success rate for their students. If students are not learning, there must be a reason. Answers to the following questions can help teachers understand any lack of success. Did the students have the required background to learn the new set of skills or material? Were the steps in the learning process broken into, broken into sufficiently small steps? Was each step learned before a new step was introduced? Were the learning objectives and the directions stated clearly? Was the content organized logically? And were the examples, lectures, and demonstrations effective? Were sufficient questions asked to determine whether the class understood what was being taught? Was there enough guided practice? Were all the students involved in the practice and were errors corrected quickly? Was there independent practice of the skill or learning? Was this independent practice checked carefully to determine whether the students were performing without error? Were there periodic review and opportunities for practice of the new learning? Phew! I need to make a note of this. So, how should into my notes. I want to put like a little sticky on the side that says important. But I'm just debating on how I should make that little note look. Im- in important. I was starting how to spell it for a bit. Man, I have church tomorrow, but like the fasting, because it's the first Sunday of the month, so I have to wake up already tomorrow, like 5 in the morning. Phew, this is not cute. I think I might have to redo this. I really don't want to though. I also think I might have to go already which is unfortunate because I really wanted to finish this already like I have other homework assignments to complete and I wanted to get this chapter done today but everything screwed me over today. I was with the homeless. We had that activity today and then we went to my grandma's house. really helping me though. Like making these podcasts. <laughs> I hope it's what you wanted or what you expected. Um, yeah, I hope it's kind of entertaining. Podcasts are so boring to me sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, this person is not interesting to listen to at all. I could do so much better. <laughs> but now that I'm here, I'm like, oh wow. I hope I'm not boring. Oh my god, you can listen to me while you work. Or maybe not. Maybe you don't want to. Anyway, this is really helping me. So even if you like skip me or don't listen to me, it's okay. This is an effective method of learning. So it's okay. You don't have to listen to me. I won't get booty hurt. Man, I didn't give you paper whipping you some more. It's okay, I'll do better next time. I need a burp again. Oh, I'm so over this. I'm so sorry. If you excuse me, you're so close to my throat. Well the microphone. I don't know how much you can catch. Oh no. The white ink didn't dry all the way. I'm debating on gluing it. It might bother me later. While I'm gluing it, I hope it doesn't bother me in the long run. It's okay. It looks okay. I can always cover it up, I think. Well, I think this is where I'll stop because... Good morning. It's 7 o'clock and I'm in church actually um yeah it's one of those days where I come earlier than usual as you know I have the fasting thing like the first Sunday of the month so I mean technically service hasn't started and stuff so I brought to of my homework because I still have stuff to do Um, I'm really tired. I got barely any sleep last night. My neighbor's son had his friends over last night, and they were just really loud and annoying. I really don't like him. I don't know him personally, but he makes me lose sleep. Anyway... um, segment (laughs) that's so funny ended funny um, but I, I had to go so I couldn't even end it properly um, so I'll just start reading where I left off I don't have my headphones today, I forgot them, so, hopefully it still sounds okay I hope (laughs) alright summary of steps in the direct instruction model review, pre, what? summary of steps in the direct instruction model review previously learned material oh is this just a summary of what i just read i think so review previously learned material make certain that students have mastered the material taught previously and that they understand the connections to the new learning state objectives for the lesson The objectives should be presented to the students at the beginning of the lesson in student-friendly language. Present new material. New material should be well-organized and presented in an interesting manner. Frequent checks should be used to determine whether the students are comprehending the information. Guide practice, assess information, and provide corrective feedback. Guide the students through practice sessions, making certain they are performing correctly. Assign independent practice, assess performance, and provide correct feedback. Continue to supervise the students as they work independently. Checking for error. Homework should be assigned for independent practice only when the teacher feels certain that the students can perform the work correctly. Review periodically, offering corrective feedback if necessary. Homework is checked before no instruction is given and reteaching is conducted if necessary. The teacher conducts periodic checks to make certain that the new learning has been retained. Alright, it is a summary of what I just read, but I want to make a note of it. Like I said, I usually make notes of these because usually you like skim through your textbook. You don't go back and reread everything. So I kind of like annotate on here. I don't kind of I do it. I annotate on here. And I just make note of like things I think I'd want to recall later. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm going to make a note of right now. I don't know what to write in the note. Because I made one before this one and it says important. This one is also important, but well, that's right, important part two. <laughs> or should I just write summary? I mean, that is the title of this section, but just in case, let's just do a summary. I don't talk to you much when I'm making notes because I feel like I'll lose concentration. But like I said in the last um, segment, (laughs) I do find it really helpful to talk to you or read to you. It helps me retain the information actually. Obviously when you hear me repeat, um, when I'm reading something and you hear me repeat it, it's because I didn't get it the first time. (laughs) So I only move on when I've gotten it. Let's see. Alright, I think it turned out okay. Now I'm just going to glue it. Man, I hope you can hear me. I'm not that loud, but I don't have my headphones, so I usually just kind of talk under my breath. But you can hear me because of my headphones. Usually as if I've been doing this for so long. This is fun, though. I like it. It's like talking to myself, but not because like, you're listening or going to listen. Even if you don't, it's okay. You don't have to, but it helps. I'm just glad I found a coping mechanism because reading was taking me way too long. It's so hard to concentrate, but this is good. I just hope nobody walks in on me. <laughs> I'm in one of the rooms in the back. They're gonna be like, um, what is she doing? Who is she talking to? Why is she talking out loud? Out loud or aloud? Like A-L-O-U-D or out loud? I've wondered that recently. Okay. The preceding list does not completely convey the generative and dynamic nature. I don't get it. <clears throat> uh, the preceding list does not completely convey the generative and dynamic nature of the direct model of instruction. Direct instruction entails a complex stance of reciprocal responsibility from the teacher to the student. This complexity, of course, is difficult to capture in text. Therefore, we examine the possible behaviors of teachers and students working within the direct instruction framework. This approach allows for the consideration of what is needed to master the model. I don't get it. This approach allows for the consideration of what is needed to master the model and include it in your professional toolbox. In addition, table 3.1 is a guide to help you dis- to help you consider what student behaviors are associated with student learning, allowing you to mold your teaching behaviors. Case studies show... Alright. Evaluating learning in the direct instruction model. The purpose of the direct instruction model is to promote knowledge and skills that are readily definable, easily illustrated, and reliably reliably improved with practice. Should I highlight that? I feel like it's the same information I've been highlighting over and over, but let's highlight it just in case. (coughs) Evaluating student learning occurs throughout the model in each of the steps. For example, guided practice can serve as a formative assessment because it provides students and teachers with information about prior knowledge and skill acquisition. Formative assessments collect information to inform instructional decisions and in student behavior. Both teachers and students gain information that can guide their next instructional steps. Teachers can use checklists or notes during guided practice to document the steps. Teachers what I read the wrong thing. Teachers can use checklists or notes during guided practice to document the problems and accomplishments students exhibit so that, if necessary, reteaching can occur, ensuring that independent practice will produce automaticity. Guided practice tasks must be designed to provide meaningful clues to student knowledge and understanding and should be as identical to the task in the presentation step as possible. Students should be able to practice what they have modeled. Okay, Independent practice can also provide data about student learning. If paper and pencil tasks, worksheets, question responses, graphic organizers, problem sets, etc. have been used throughout the lesson, they can also be used for the independent practice step. Assessment tasks must be congruent with the objectives and the instruction of the lesson. Instructional models offer an aligned blueprint, but the tasks that are used within the steps of the model must have internal alignment. All of the steps must be designed to help students reach identified targets. This becomes particularly important if grades are being assigned to independent practice products. The replication of tasks can be less similar in independent practice than that in guided practice as you prepare students to transfer the skills to unfamiliar settings, but all assessments, especially graded assessments, must contain only the elements students have had the opportunity to practice during previous instruction. I want to make a note of that because the book mentions that a lot, and it seems obvious, but I'm like, is there a reason why they keep on bringing this up? All assessments (coughs) must contain only the elements students have had the opportunity to practice during previous instruction. May I need a burp again? I had that sensation a lot last segment. Excuse me. Independent practice products can be evaluated using rubrics, which are guides for assessing student learning. Should I make a note of that? I feel like it's obvious. The air turned on. I think it was on when I first started. I hope you can still hear me. They make scoring criteria clear and focus, what? They make scoring criteria clear and focus feedback for students, peers, and teachers. Ah, uh, the rubrics. Good rubrics specify the characteristics of an outstanding assignment. These characteristics are developed by analyzing the assigned task, the purpose of the task, and the evaluation criteria embedded in the task. Differentiating between excellent, good, adequate, and poor examples of an assignment allows for the articulation of criteria. Independent practice product rubrics should be task specific, although there are many examples of rubrics on the internet. <clears throat> be sure that you are capturing the essential elements of quality for the direct instruction or other model lesson that you have taught. An example of a rubric for haiku writing assignment is shown in Figure 3-1. This rubric would be helpful to Mr. Bennett as he evaluates his student work, described in the scenario at the beginning of this chapter. Okay, let's look at the table. step one review teacher reviews previously learned material necessary for inner learning designs and administers diagnostic assessment student participates in review using meta cognitive strategies reviews diagnostic assessment identifies gaps in knowledge two state objectives. I think this is just what I read again. Yeah, it is. Alright, let's skip this. <clears throat> I think this is another chart. Uh, I think this is an example of a rubric. Okay, well, I know what those look like. Meeting individual needs and direct instruction. By using a variety of instructional models and strategies, teachers differentiate instruction. Differentiation strategies are responsive to individuals and groups of students. Using a variety of processes is one way of differentiating instruction. All instructional models provide opportunities for differentiation. It is not possible to describe all of these opportunities in this text. However, there are strategies that are a good fit for specific models. In the case of the direct instruction model, there are two important differentiation techniques that are closely tied to the purpose, basis, and processes of the model. Flexible grouping and varying questions. Flexible grouping. All differentiation opportunities are based on clear objectives and an understanding of student background knowledge and achievements in relation to these targets. Both of these requirements, clear objectives and acknowledgement of students' prior knowledge are met by the structure of the direct instruction model. What the heck is differentiation? Practice is also a critical attribute of direct instruction. Flexible grouping allows students to practice new knowledge and skills with a group of peers of similar interests, skills, or background knowledge, or with a mixed achievement group, so that peers can share insight and skills. Students learn in a social context in groups. What? Students learn in a social context, and groups need to be fluid to provide many opportunities to learn. The key here is flexibility. Groups should never be stagnant during guided practice. They shift to meet the needs of individual students. Although much direct instruction is done with the whole class, continued guided practice can be completed in groups. It is important, however, that before group work is implemented, clear guidelines are taught in practice. Varying Questions Variations in questions can be used as a differentiation technique within all of the steps of direct instruction. In fact, varying or adjusting questions is an important strategy within all of the models presented in this text. Questions can be adjusted based on learner readiness, experiences, interests, and preferred approaches to learning. By knowing where your students are in relation to your goals and their individual learning profiles, you can target questions to specific learners during the review, presentation, and guided practice steps of the direct instruction model. There are many ways to categorize questions. Oh, I think this is what one of my assignments is on. One way is to use Bloom's revised eyes taxonomy to vary the cognitive demand on your students. For those students with a low readiness level in relation to your specific objectives, you can focus your questioning on remember and understand levels. Applied questions can be used with learners who have demonstrated some foundational skills in the content with which you are working. For those students with high readiness levels, you can focus on the analyze, evaluate, and create categories. Student background knowledge can also be used. For example, during a lesson on Gothic architecture, the teacher might ask a student who has traveled in Europe and is interested in architecture a question about the gargoyles she saw. Other students may be asked questions about how they might decorate a building and why. The purpose of varying questions is to help individual learners make connections with content and develop the understandings, knowledge, and skills of the lesson. All students are held accountable for learning the lesson's objectives, but their road to the objectives through teacher questioning may vary. Okay. Okay. <coughs> Benefits of the direct instruction model. I'm so tired. How long has it been? 17 minutes. Oh, 18. I think I'll stop here and continue. Should I pause? It's just to record again. (laughs) I guess there's no need. Benefits of the direct instruction model. The direct instruction model has been clearly related to student achievement and provides the opportunity for students to learn clearly defined skills and knowledge. The model is a generative model that can be used as a frame or template for a number of instructional models, strategies, and approaches. Once the teacher has provided the lesson objectives and reviewed the necessary background knowledge, the next step is the presentation of content or skills. This step can be carried out with an inductive approach. Examples are presented first, and then students inductively derive the broad principle or rule from the examples, or a deductive approach. The teacher provides the broad principle or rule, and then students deduce examples that illustrate the principle or rule. How the material is presented is not a critical attribute of the direct instruction model. What is critical in this model and what is essential and not good in all good teaching are the links to background knowledge, the small chunks of information, and guided and independent practice with all current feedback. I think I'm going to make a note of that. Oh, I'm so tired. These should be part of every instructional approach. The direct instruction model is inherently aligned. Another important characteristic for instructional models. The goal of the model, the goals of the model allow lesson objectives to be clearly articulated, and all steps of the model are geared toward helping students be successful at demonstrating lesson objectives. Elementary grades lesson. Alright, this is a chart. Uh, I think this is an example of, like, a lesson plan. Oh wow, it's long. Let's see. Elementary grades lesson. Direct instruction. Rhyming with Mother Goose. Objectives. Oh yes, this is one of my homeworks, actually. Lesson plan. Okay, okay, okay. I was already stressing about that, but I think I just had to get to this chapter. Alright. Direct instruction. Rhyming with Mother Goose, objectives, common core state standards, hmm okay, I got to the standard, students will know, rhymes are heard when two or more words, wait, this was the second grade, it says elementary, okay, rhymes are heard when two or more words have similar ending sounds, how to identify rhyming words in Mother Goose, rhymes by listening for familiar sounds, okay, Students will understand that we can hear rhymes when people talk, sing or recite. Students will be able to identify rhyming and non-rhyming words in a mother goose rhyme. Generate a rhyming word when given a spoken word. Assessments diagnostic acts. Oh my gosh, did I really say acts? Bye. Ask students to define a rhyme. Ask students whether particular words rhyme. Formative. During guided and independent practice, students identify and generate rhyming words. Procedures. Review previously learned material. Show students the Mother Goose book that you have read before. Talk to the students about why we like Mother Goose rhymes. Highlight rhyming words and how they sound. State the objectives for the lesson. Tell the children that we frequently see and hear rhymes and that today we will identify rhyming words. Three present new Ah uh, so this is a procedure. Three present new material show students the Tom Tom poster Tom Tom the paper son stole the pig and away he ran the big the pig was eat and Tom was beat and Tom cr- ran cr- oh my goodness and Tom ran crying down the street Oh my goodness, this sounds a little. This is a children's book? Read Tom Tom, the Piper's son, from the prepared poster. Paint t- point to each word as you read. Define the words piper and beat. Read the poem again with one of the students tracking the words. Explain that rhyming words are words that end with the same sound. Give examples. Okay? Read Tom Tom slowly and ask students to raise their hands. When they hear two rhyming words, then ask volunteers to identify the rhyming words in the text. Circle the rhyming words on the Tom Tom poster in the same color. Ask students whether the following words are rhymes sun and eat, stool and piper. Ask how we can tell that they are not rhyming words. Make a list on the board of rhyming and non rhyming words in Tom Tom. Guided practice. Show the poster of Little Miss Muffet. Define unfamiliar words. Ask students to circle the rhyming words in the same color. Provide corrective feedback. Continue with additional mother goose rhymes if necessary. Presentation two. Give students two rhyming words and ask them to provide a different rhyming word. Begin with the rhymes identified in Tom, Tom, and Little Miss Method. Guided practice. Have students reach to the rhyming word bag A bag filled with index cards on which simple rhyming words are written, and pull out a word, read the word, and ask the student to provide a rhyming word. Independent practice, students are asked to list three words that rhyme with a given word and three words that do not rhyme. Middle school second grade lesson. Okay, yeah, so these are lesson plans. (coughs) Direct instruction, written haiku objectives students will know haiku is a simple and sophisticated poetic form that sharpens language observation and expression the defining characteristics of haiku the rules for constructing haiku Mm -hmm. students will understand that poetic form varies this is what trips me out a little bit students will understand that and students will be able to i read about it though students will understand that poetic forms vary and serve different purposes students will be able to use the list of rules and conventions of haiku to distinguish between haiku and other forms of poetry develop a list of words that might be used in writing a haiku compose a haiku poem based on personal experience assessment Students may choose to do one of the following. Submit a haiku to the school literary magazine. Make a poster with a haiku and illustrations. Create their own haiku anthology. Teach haiku writing to other classes or groups of students. Procedures. Review previously learned material related to the study of haiku. Ask students what they know about haiku. State lesson objectives. Provide examples of haiku. Include both classic and contemporary examples. Have students read each poem aloud. Okay, this says aloud, not out loud. A L O U D, aloud. aloud. I think that answers my question. Have students read each poem aloud and ask students to comment on the similarities they see between the poems. Through this discussion, help students recognize that haiku are very short, descriptive, personal, and divided into two parts. Based on reported similarities, provide an outline of the main rules for writing haiku. Having students distinguish between several short poems, dealing with nature by identifying the haiku, and defending their choice by using the list have students. I said having, I think have students brainstorm a glossary of words they might use based on the rules of conventions okay and then oh my gosh i'm done i'm done reading oh my goodness the last part is just the last part of the thing okay let's read the summary summary It is important to repeat a statement made at the beginning of this chapter. The direct instruction model is a necessary but not a sufficient instructional tool. To be without this effective tool is a handicap because the steps in this model provide a framework for instructional design. However, to use this model exclusively is deadening. The direct instruction model can be used to teach many knowledge level objectives and skills. It begins with a review of previously learned material, often in the form of an advanced organizer. After connections to what is known are made explicit, the teacher presents clear objectives for the lesson. Presentations of new material may come in many forms and employ a variety of materials. Once the teacher has modeled the new information or skills, Students practice while receiving corrective feedback. Ideally, once students can demonstrate that a task has been completely completed, with only a few errors, independent practice independent practice can be assigned to develop automaticity. Feedback and periodic review ensures that students have reached and continue to maintain the lesson's objectives. I finished chapter three. I'm so excited I have never finished the reading that fast. I am pretty sure. I've never timed myself like that, but I am almost certain. Alright, thank you for listening to my reading. Um, this really helps me a lot. I hope you listen, but you don't have to. Um yeah, I'm just glad I found something that helps me. Okay, bye.